The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. I am your host, Billy, as always. And uh, just a pre-warning you, for you all, with sensitive ears, we're going to get a bit sweaty in this episode. I am joined in Billy and Benny's excellent adventure by the returning Big Benny. How's it going? How's it doing? Uh, it is fucking excellent to be here. I figured I might as well open the floodgates early, get us started. Go for it. Fuck it. Uh, which sounds so weird when I try to force to swear. It just it sounds like I've never swore in my life. Uh, I did Jason Hyde's podcast and I was like swearing like easily, and then I'm doing it on my own, going, I feel so uncomfortable swearing on my own. Podcast. <laughs> you just like think of the children. <laughs> Someone please think of the children. So last time we spoke on this this podcast format, it was what uh, August last year. Something oh, like God, that. God, I was up many moons ago. It was episode eleven. And this is now cumulatively episode sixty-nine of the SWN <laughs> <Nice>. podcast. <laughs> oh, I don't even realise. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't care if I don't hit the fucking two, the hundred club, the two hundred club. This could come away with fucking like three views, like six ones down the line, and I'm two of them. I'm episode sixty fucking nine, and that is all I need. But no, I, I was doing this last night because I was like, uh, Alan, Alan Smith from Discovery, his 66, because I, I was I was like Route 66, that was like a number to end up the season on. I thought, oh, Benny's episode three. Fuck. <laughs> That's 69. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> uh, I've for two. Everyone's favourite. Absolutely. Uh, right, so I do have, so last time we spoke, I had no prep, I had no organisation, I had no notes, so we I listened back to it and fucking cringed so much because I had no questions, like none, and I was, <laughs> I was kind of banking on you telling stories, which we did, but I was like... Yeah, we, we pulled through it, we pulled through it. So uh, my first note is, I was going to introduce you, when I was doing my research, uh, I, I noticed you did a match, your first match was the SWA Battlezone, 2014. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I went on to cage match to see if I could find Big Benny's name. And I found the <laughs> name... Struggle. I found the name Benny Callahan. Yes, you did. Um, which, actually, I think on the night it got changed from Benny Callahan, and I never found out what the surname got changed to. Um, because it was literally got to, like, the day of the show, and it was demo, obviously, no one now is Kelly and Dane, was like, Right, so, right, what's your name so we can get everything done for the announcers? I was like, right, Benny Callahan. And he just looked at me and was like, you fucking muppet. And I was like, what? He was like, Sammy Callahan. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, I said something, I was like, I didn't even think. I was literally at that point, I was going through like a serious, like, Dirty Harry phase. So I was like, Dirty Harry Callahan. I was like, that will work. And then he was like, right, fuck it. We'll just give you something different. So I think it was, it was sounded like it was like Benny Calhoun or something like that, which makes me sound like some kind of fucking like 1920s Boston gangster but um, something like that so I thought Benny Callahan was the intention but was not the, fi- the final product unfortunately was scrapped very soon after 
12 so, seconds after Fernlina. Uh, so Calhoun, so you're the long descendant of Haystacks. Uh, and then Pretty much. Like Big Benny, Big, many, Big, Big Daddy. It all works. Exactly. It's, it, it flows, it rhymes. It's like George Lucas's vision for Star Wars. It, it flows, it rhymes, it's poetry. Uh, so yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was actually just introduced you as Benny Callahan, but then I had a, a bit of a, a moment going, was that his name? Because there's a couple other ones in that that was like, I don't recognise that name at all. Like it was like a David something. And um, I was like, I have no clue who that is. Uh, so I was looking through the names in that, that uh, match. Uh, and, I mean, you were in for 12 seconds. So I don't know who you actually interacted with, but uh, there was like sort of uh, Jonathan Gresham, Joe Hendry, uh, some some pretty big deals nowadays. That, that was actually um, that was Joe Henry's debut. Actually, that was the first match. So they, the fact that you go, I didn't even think about that. I can say I debuted in the exact same night as Joe Henry did, and our careers are perfectly com- comparable even now. We're both achieving very similar levels of success. He's maybe feeling ever so slightly ahead, depending on who you ask, but. Um, I I did I, God, I forgot that Jonathan Gresham was in that match as well. I'd, I'd need to look back and have a look at the list of names because literally the only people that I had any interaction with was Polo Promotions. It was literally just Jackie Polo um, and Mark Coffey, and I just get in the ring, hype myself up. I just ran and then I landed on the floor. But the best part about that was um, my pal Jamie who he I mentioned Jamie on the last podcast. He was the one that actually got me into um, get me started at Source in the first place. He was meant to be debuting that same night, but then he couldn't because he got injured. Um, so he was sat like right up the back of the crowd. So as I get chucked out, I landed on my feet and I looked up and all I see is him stood up at the back of the arena just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I was just like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> And I just went, because like, when I first get told that, I mean, realistically, I could have been in and out there in about five seconds, I could have broke Santino's record even, um, but then I decided, I was like, I need to get at least like just a wee bit of time, just let it kind of marinate, being in the ring, because um, like, I, walk, I just walked up to them backstage, I was like, alright guys, I'm um, Benny, I'm coming in, I think it was entry number seven, um, so like, yeah, what's, what's, what's the plan? They were like, I'll just run it, I'll eliminate you, and I was like, Okay, hometown crowd. My pals all came through for Glasgow. I was like, at first I was like, they're not going to be happy. And then I was like, they're not going to be happy. This is going to be funny as fuck. And it was. It was fucking hilarious. They were a bit miffed, like, what the fuck was that? But I was just like, eh. You're, you're a part of history. It was, a, it was my first match, so suck up. Uh, but no, but you say that, that you, yourself and Joe have went on to different... Uh, Avenues. I mean, out of the two of you, you're the only one to be on this podcast twice. So, you know, exactly. you've been on once. And even then, it should have been for longer, but I failed to actually work out how to get into a Zoom meeting. <laughs> Fucking embarrassing. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm sure you'll get a second show with him as well. I hope so. But no, I was, I was so embarrassed. I, I thought, I'll be professional. I'll set up a meeting. I won't send him the link. I'll set up a meeting. I couldn't fucking work out how to get into it. So... Uh, I've, I've got emails from Joe Hendry going, is this interview still happening? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, I, just, I'm I, don't, I don't know how to get into the own meeting that I set up. So it, it's fine, it's a thing. Um, <laughs> it's just like, not, not, to, not to infringe on anyone's gimmick, but please let me in. 
Um, so uh, since since we, where we last spoke, whenever it was, because uh, I, I did so many batch recordings in one go, um, you've you've well, you've had you had a baby because I, we had a very awkward conversation at the time where I, I said babies were bad. Pretty much was the uh, beyond end of <laughs> it. Just like how dare you? How, how's that gone? Um, she's actually like she's God. She's going to be one at the start of the next month, which is fucking terrifying. I don't know where the, the time is going. Um, but I know she's like she's good. Like um, like the last few weeks, um, our mum's just gone back to work. Obviously coming off the maternity leave. Um, and I work like back shifts at my work, so it's kind of switched where I'm now kind of taking care of in the morning, which like the first couple of weeks was a learning curve because I'm not a morning person. Like if you want to get like a substantial conversation with me before like lunchtime, you're on to plums. Um, but I'm slowly but surely getting better. I think the problem is is that I tend not to go to bed until like two or three in the morning and then I'll wake up at like half six and be like, why am I so tired? What is the purpose of this? Someone explain the science to me. Um, but yeah, no, it's going really good. She's um, paddling about. She's not yet properly walking. Well, well, of the belief that she could walk if she wanted to, but she knows that we want her to, so therefore she chooses not to. Like, she'll scuttle along, like, the edge of the couch. And she's got, like, a kind of wee, like, pram, like, walker thing, and she'll walk on that. And then, like, if you trick her, she kind of exposes herself for, like, walking. So, like, if you get to, like, take your hand, and then when she goes to put the other hand, you just move that hand away, which is, like, a dick move to, like, just, like, ha-ha, <laughs> gotcha, bitch. Um, but, yeah, like, then she'll take, like, a few steps towards you and then just grab onto you, like, don't you ever fucking do that again, you piece of shit. <laughs> Fucking I, I own you. Just <laughs> like you forget, I'm your fucking alarm clock in the morning, son. You want a long why you fucking go through me? For half six, half six, half four. Try my half four. <laughs> She's like, I might just, I might just not go to sleep at all. I'm just feeling sprightly. I'll just keep the shit going. Still gonna gun about it though. That's your fuck up to do with. And the other excited bit of news. I don't know if there's pre or before. Pre or before, that's the same fucking thing. Uh, pre or post podcast, uh, you got engaged as well. Oh, that was actually, um, that was post podcast. That was in October. Um, the original plan for that went very much out the window, um, as most people's plans for most things did. Because um, the initial plan was we had planned out a kind of overnight stay where we're going to go um, through Edinburgh. We're going to stay in a hotel overnight. We're going to go to there's this restaurant in Edinburgh called Tattoo that we're going going to go to. Um, it's one of those like very Instagrammable kind of restaurants. They've got like a massive like cherry blossom tree like in the middle of the restaurant, and I'm a sucker for like aesthetic shit like that. So my plan was like, right, we'll go there, we'll have our dinner, we go back to the hotel. Bam, hit it with the proposal, and everything's all sunshine and daisies from there. Um, but then, obviously, kind of lockdown get tightened up, so we'd cancel the trip through Edinburgh. Um, so we decided instead we'd just have a kind of romantic dinner in. Um, the baby was going to go and stay with Lynn's mum. Um, so I was like, right, that's fine. Just a night, just the two of us, have a nice dinner. Um, I'll do it after the dinner. Um, 
So that's fine. We go to Marks and Spencers because if you want a fancy romantic dinner, you go to Marks and Sparks. Of course. Um, we come back, start making dinner. We get a phone call from Lynn's mum because the Wayne is absolutely howling the place down and will not settle down. So Lynn then has to go and pick up the baby. The second she walks into her mum's house, she stops crying immediately. So then she comes home with us. We finally get her settled down, finally get her sleeping. Um, by which point we've managed to cobble together the dinner. Um, we're still in, like, I'm in sh literally in, like, lounging shorts and Lynn's in, like, joggies and just, like, a vest top. Um, so I was like, the mood's still there. I was like, I'm still clinging on to some small smidgen in the mood. Um, so we had the dinner. Um, we thought we'd be fancy and get um, truffle mashed potatoes. That was the night that we found out that truffles are fucking stinking. So we had to patch half the dinner we couldn't eat. Um, but we get we get duck, and the duck was very nice. Bye, potatoes were absolute arse. So I'm clearing away the plates, and I'm just like, do I still do this? Like, <laughs> it's just been one thing after another. And eventually, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Aye. I was like, I've built myself up for this too much to then postpone it. I'm doing it the night. It's happening. So <clears throat> I was armed, and one pocket had the ring. And then the other pocket, I had a packet of fake nails. Because literally earlier that day, um, I'd seen the fake nails sitting. I was like, to Lena, what are these for? And she was like, oh, so it's like, if, um, like if you ever proposed to me. Just like gave me a wee bit of forewarning so that I can like get some good nails on for taking pictures of the ring. So I was like, right, okay. I was like, I'll work this into my promo. We'll figure this out. So then, yeah, went through, sorted the dishes, came out, literally like shurikened the packet of fake nails. I meant to just throw them like past her so that she would have to turn around. Just skiffed her face, like literally just like a single eyebrow hair just goes like. And she's like, what the fuck? Turns around, picks them up, and then by the time she turns around, um, bam, and down. Um, I never got an official yes. She just cried a lot, and I took that as a yes, because it seemed to be happy tears rather than the, oh, fuck, I'm stuck with this camp. Um, but, yeah, so then we did the, did the phone calls of the various parents and different people due to know, and then, aye, that was the the night of the truffled mashed potatoes and engagement. <laughs> uh, I mean, my my MS, we, we do MS uh, for it was our Valentine's Day, or like uh, we got together in June. So we do something, we call it Juniversary because we're arseholes like that. And uh, we, we, it's, it has to be the Scotch eggs. MS Scotch eggs are just the best. Yeah, I could, I could take a leave of Scotch egg. Like, if I feel like that's. So would you say, so if someone, like, walked into Marks and Spencer's and was like, right, you can leave this place with one thing, like, would it be Scotch? I've, I'll feel like I've just taken over this podcast. I'm That's asking fine. fucking questions now. Um, <laughs> so it's like, would it be the Scotch egg, or would you? Uh, I don't know, I would go in M&S. Generally, it's the only time I'd go in during the year. Uh, even then, I, I don't do the shopping, so it's just what I like, so I don't know. The, the one and only correct answer to that question is if some if, like if somebody walks in, if Martin Spencer puts a gun to your head and says, "Right, you walk out here with one thing," you go for calling the caterpillar. As yeah. much as it's a sensitive, fucking controversial subject on Twitter, like the last few weeks, um, 
with like obviously everything like Colin and Clyde and fucking Connie and whatever the other various caterpillars have been called. Um, actually, I found out something about that whole because obviously like Aldi kind of became like the heroes of the yeah. story, like the little guy getting trapped on. I I found out a piece of information about that, and I'm just gonna ask just now if I'm allowed to reveal it. Um, sorry, I've just said this. Uh, thank you. I've just had an ice cream Sunday delivered. I will be like surreptitiously munching this as we go. Sorry, that's, that's um, the ASMR part of the, the podcast. Uh, I'll just lean in real closely. Mm. Uh, um, well, while you're looking for that information and confirmation, uh, I thought you were going to say Percy Pigs because they are fucking wrong. Oh, Percy Pigs are the fucking devil. Like, why disgust. the fuck would you ever? Especially, I don't know why they thought, like, oh, this will make it better. Let's turn his nose green. Because a green nose is always a sign of a fucking delicacy. Just, just what you need. Um, but no, M and S, it's yeah, Scotch, Scotch egg. Because this is the only time that you can buy them, and you cut in the middle, and it's just gooey, so gooey in the middle. That's that's the way you need it. Um, but now that steak, that's that's twenty quid, easy. Sorry, that's, that's Valentine's like Day. That's one thing that I'll never begrudge spending too much money on is a good steak. Um, on a Sunday, but uh, yeah, we were speaking about about. We'll get back to to Colin. Is it is it the Aldi just buying Colin, strip him, and put uh, their own stuff on it? Because that's what they do for everything else. I think it, it was pretty much that. I think they tried to claim that it was different, but like the evidence was against them. But because like Aldi's like the the people's like supermarket, everyone just kind of like took their side, and Marks and Spencers was just like, but guys. Right, and we're like, we don't give a fuck. Take your sexy adverts and just leave us with uh, Clyde or what the fuck it's called. Uh, Fleetwood Mac and get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> uh, but no, speaking of, of, of uh, proposals, yours sounds way better planned than mine ever was, even even with uh, the, the drawbacks. I, can't, I probably have said on this podcast before, but uh, I, I knew I was going to get engaged. Kelly did not at the time. Uh, I bought the ring because she picked it. Oh, maybe she did know, but didn't know no. Anyway, uh, I, I, <laughs> so I, I took a ring shop and I still don't think she no, no, on she walked past, past, walked past uh, uh, the ring shop and went, Oh, I quite like that one. It was like a set. And I was like, Great, that means I get like two rings for the price of one. Brilliant. Uh, I'll get when they do that because that way they make it seem like it's your choice. Uh, and then it didn't work because we ended up buying wedding rings in the run up to the wedding. So I was like, what's the fucking point of buying me? Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, I had no further plan than that. I got the ring. I thought I would bottle it if I didn't ask her that night. And our kitchen was getting done. So we had two workmen in our kitchen. I was upstairs in my work gear, which was just a tie polo shirt and just the most horrible work trousers. I went, I've got something to ask you. Close your eyes. She sat on the bed. I went around the other side. Yeah, dude, she opened her eyes. She really see this part of me because I kneeled down at the other side of the bed and went, will you marry me? And she, she said yes and all that kind of stuff. And then ever since she's kind of brought up every so often going, that was the fucking worst proposal I've ever, <laughs> ever expected. And I went, did you expect it any worse or any better? <laughs> that, was, that was what was happening. <laughs> it's like you set the standards for yourself. You have no one else to blame except exactly. you. For you, ex- you accepted it. So who's the wrong one here? But that's, that's that's on you. Uh, so <laughs> you could have said no. <laughs> exactly. You could have went, do it again. 
just went, no, nope, out the room, out the room, come back. We'll do this again. Uh, <laughs> I, I did pick a day, this, even worse, going on your story with the nails, uh, I, I picked it two days before she was getting her nails done. So she couldn't even put it on Facebook uh, until two days afterwards. Oh, belly the rookie mistake. I was young. I was... Oh, I wasn't that young. I was 20, 26. Something like that. I can't remember. It's been it's it's been a blur and it's been a long time. So has the rest of your time outside of, of baby stuff been wedding planning? Um it's been like a kind of mixture of like wedding planning. Um started a new job because my old job was literally fucking hell on earth. So I managed to finally claw my way out of the ninth circle. Um so I'm doing the new job, um, uni, literally finished my um, last exam about three hours ago. Um, and then, yeah, other than that, just been kind of like wedding planning stuff. We went to see the florists on, I want to say Monday? Tuesday, no, Tuesday, because Wednesday's off on Tuesday. Went to see the florists on Tuesday, so we'll get a deposit paid for that. Um, so everything's kind of trundled along quite nicely. Um, just the case of now it's kind of just really the stuff that's kind of close at the time, like kilts, dresses. Um, obviously, she'll be in the kilt, I'll be in the dress. Of course. Um, and then, like, figuring out who's actually going to marry us um, type thing. I have had an offer from both Bobby Roberts and Sean Martin. Both have been left on red to be declined at a later date when I see fit. Well, funny you say that. When I was speaking to, to Sean Martin, I don't know if you've heard the episode that went out tonight um, with, with Sean. I <laughs> heard it early as one of your patrons. Oh, of course. And I've just dripped ice cream on my fucking teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you know, I am an ordained minister. So, <laughs> I, can, uh, I wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> with that. I mean, if you fancy traveling 30 stolen, <laughs> uh, this is like. As much as I love you, Billy, please don't try and plug the podcast while you're married. Uh, do you, Lynn, take Patreon number uh, <laughs> three for the SWN podcast? He pays five pounds a month. Hope you know about it. And you, Craig, being of sound mind and a two-time two-time feature on the SWN podcast. <laughs> Formerly known as Ben Callahan, but we're not sure what it was after that. <laughs> Whatever the fuck Kelly and Dan came up with. Uh, so, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll swing it. While we're still waiting the news about the Aldi thing, uh, which I think kind of is just they, they stripped Colin and redressed him. Uh, but we'll wait confirmation. Uh, other wrestling news is you're in a tag, an official named tag team now with uh, one um. Jason Hyde. Um, 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 it was one of those ones where, like, obviously, I think Jason gave a kind of quick summary of the kind of happenings with that. Um, also, like, uh, Logan Storm started up Pro 2. Um, honestly, before um, the lockdown of that, um, and kind of like even like during while everything's been going on, he's been working closely with um, Respect, Paris in Scotland, a few others. Um, and he'd been at um, a show that we did um, a wee while ago where uh, me and Jason tagged there. So 
Um, he'd kind of seen or kind of worked together before. So then when he signed the two years on, he was like, right. Um, I like what you both do as singles guys, but I really liked your chemistry that you had as a tag team. So I kind of want to take that a bit further. So I'm going to put this together. Um, so at first it was literally just like, right, so used to tag team, go and sort it amongst yourselves. Um, and then just like straight away, the two years were just like, we might as well take this and run with it and just kind of go all in. And that's where like the two of us have been, like we come up with the name, we've kind of figured out the kind of look that we want to go for, coming up with ideas for whenever we can uh, get together to film um, some like content, like promos, things like that, just constantly bouncing ideas off our heads. Um, so yeah, it's actually been like really good because I think like the worst thing would be if you if a promoter's like, right, you used to go in a tag team together and then like the two years are just kind of like, eh, well, we have a name and I fuck it, we'll just be like me and you and I would commit together, we'll figure out an en like entrance music. Nah, we can just use our own like solo stuff. Because then like you're not really a tag team, you're just two singles guys that have been thrown together. So I was, was kind of glad that Jason was the same as me, being like, we'll just go all in and just do go as far away as we can so also when we get started then pro 2 also want to kind of establish ourselves there make a name for ourselves and then we we're planning on eventually being able to kind of like take it on the roads um take it elsewhere whether it be down south other promotions in scotland just see what it's got in terms of having legs uh and any plans on tag team moves the big hiding um, we have actually hmm, sorry I'm being exceptional here but that's delicious um, we have kind of like come up with like a few different ideas for like tag moves I haven't come up with names for all of them yet but just we're kind of trying to do like try to get like a good combination of like sequency stuff or like like I hit one thing he hits the other like kind of like bouncing back and forth and then actual like proper like double team moves because I think it's kind of overly common nowadays, especially where it's like guys will like, they'll like one will hit one thing, then they'll hit the other and then kind of bounce it that way. As opposed to having like an actual, like proper, like what you consider to be like a double team move. Because the, the kind of challenge that we set for ourselves um, is we're like, right, when it go into this with a mindset of we're trying to find like the next, like 3D or the next... Um, like Doomsday Device, like we're trying to find the next iconic tag team move that kind of goes across the generations and folk use it, they can blow out, oh, you nicked that for such and such. Um, probably not going to manage that because we're literally two fucking dafties from Motherwell, but that's the kind of mindset we've been into and just trying to, it, the problem is like so much stuff, it's like eventually we're going to run out of like new stuff that you can do. And I worry that we're getting there with tag team stuff. It's like, what, like all the good stuff that would have been invented, like they've already done the 3D and the Doomsday device and the heart attack and all this stuff. So it's like, we need to try and find something like that. But it's like, what the fuck could we do that nobody else has done for? <laughs> uh, Young Bucks have kind of cornered, Young Bucks and uh, Motor City Machine Guns, they kind of cornered the market for all the cool flippity indie ones. Uh, moves. Oh, I know, like the, you will get zero flips for either me or Jason. <laughs> 
No, no, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say you never know, but uh, from speaking of Jason in, in the past, I don't think that's ever going to happen either. But uh, the name, The Silence, uh, I probably did ask Jason about it uh, in our 50th episode special, Spectacular uh, Swearfest. What, uh, did you agree to that? Was it your suggestion? I can't remember. Tell me. Um, well, it was actually like when I tried to come up with names... At first, I was like, in my head, I was like, right, what do I know that I like and Jason likes? And I was like, right, we both like Doctor Who. So I was like, can we do something with that? And then, like, early on, I actually popped into my head, like, the silence. And then I was like, ah, so maybe I was like, I'll, I'll stick that in the back burner. Um, potentially come back to it. And I was just trying to think up of, like, other stuff. And then eventually I kind of went more into, like, what kind of stuff do I like? So, I mean, I was pulling names for, like, Fucking like Star Wars, Warhammer, just plucking stuff for like everybody to try and cobble together a tag team name. Um, and then Jason, we're kind of discussing names, and Jason was like, What about the silence? And I was like, That literally, like, my mess reply to that was just like, Fuck off. And I was like, What do you know, like it? I was like, No, I literally thought of that earlier on. I was like, I'll keep that in the back burner and see what we can do. So, like, the fact that you've said it as well, that pretty much cements it. So, um, like, I thought of it. As they put it in the back shelf, then he actually said it, and then I was like, "Well, we kind of have to." Uh, so, uh, you mentioned Doctor Who, then best Doctor, favorite Doctor. I think for me, my Doctor was always David Tennant, and I think that's just because, like, that was like the period of time when I like first like properly get into it. I'm probably starting watching it. It's it's kind of like, I feel like with the Doctors, obviously not as much because not many of them, but it's kind of similar to like when you ask somebody like which your WrestleMania, like everybody's got like their own personal WrestleMania that's like their favourite, whether it be because it just, it, it was the year that was like the perfect time when they're most enjoying wrestling or they when they were kind of like growing up. So it's like if you ask somebody that's like in their 40s, they're more likely to say maybe like one of the kind of earlier WrestleManias um, I, I, I don't know enough about the early WrestleManias to list a good one. I know either nine or eleven was absolute pish. I can never mind which one. Um, and like for me, it's WrestleMania seventeen. Um, but I so like, I feel like in that kind of similar vein, it's very much depends on who, which one you kind of grew up with. So for me, I kind of grew up with David Tennant. Whereas like if you asked like my dad, he'd probably say like Tom Baker. Um, but I for me. David Tennant. That was a long road for a shortcut to that particular answer. No, no, I, I get that nostalgia thing because, well, my favourite WrestleMania on that subject is 17. It's the best one. But the, my, my little, oh, like, like, undoubtedly. The one, the one that I, the, the little guilty pleasure that I don't like telling people is, my, is one of my favourites is 15 because that was the first one I saw. So that, that's, that's my, that's, that's my underlying favourite. But if I were asked me, it's 17 as a whole. But uh, yeah, 15 is wholly underrated uh, but on that subject I think for mine right well mine's 10 as well because that's when I started watching it um, but you saying your dad's was Tom Baker I think my mum's was uh, uh, Pierre Davidson uh, which, um, which is a nice I link like, now I've, not, I've not seen any of the Pierre Davidson like Doctor Who episodes apart from like I think he popped up and like a special when David Tennant was the doctor because I think David Tennant's actually married to his daughter. Um, so like my only experience of like Peter Davison and like and actually seeing him act in anything is when he's in Toast of London, which ends with him like 
him and his like much much younger girlfriend literally drinking themselves to death. Intensely grim, but wonderful. <laughs> uh, right, so back to my research, my wonderful research. I've only got one other note, which is great. So pretty much, I, I, I took everything from uh, the Scottish wrestling discussion interview that you did, uh, which has strangely disappeared. So I don't know who was running it or what it was about. I don't know what they would have got out of it, but uh, they've disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, I thought that because that's like me and Jason again were discussing that at WrestleMania. Like we were meant to be defending what had become our joint predictions title, and then we just (laughs) (laughs) and then we just never heard from him again. So I don't know what happened with that one. I was so I was so fucking annoyed every time I I I was losing that. I I just uh. it's because like. I realized, like, when he made the suggestion of us doing, like, a kind of tag one, I was like, yes, because Jason's just got a fucking knack for predicting this shit. I was like, I don't know how he does it, but I'm, if I can hop on that gravy train, I'm riding it all the way to the station. Oh, I mean, the, between the two years, I was getting taunted the whole night, because he was messaging me who was winning minutes before the match had started, and I'd had the opposite one, and then they won, and I was like, oh, fuck off, guys, <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing in the messages and, and publicly on Twitter. One, two, so one, two fronts. Hitlock in the handle it, Neil can do. I think that's. The, I hope that's the only comparison I ever have to Hitler. Still early doors, yeah. The night's done. I quite, I quite like art. The only other note then I've got is what was the solar beam splash? Is it Pokemon related? Um, the name was um, Pokemon related. The Solar Beam Splash was my finishing maneuver when I was about six and six or seven. Um, basically, me and my cousins would completely disregard the "Do not try this at home" warnings. Um, well, not completely because it says "Don't try this at home," so we'd do it at our grand's house because technically that's, that's not our home. Yeah. Um, loopholes. You need to be smart. Work smart, not hard. Um, so yeah, so like my um, in my grand's house, she'd get like the back room, and when those go through there, and I had like a couch that kind of like folded out into a bed and like a telly, and like that back room was pretty much where I spent like a solid chunk of my childhood, and it was like the same like VHS videos that we would like always watch, just because that was the ones that she had. So like. I would probably need to rewatch it again now just because it's been so long, but for like the majority of my life I could probably quote the Waterboy start to finish. Like if I sit and watch it, if I've like got it on in front of me, I can like follow like the dialogue like all the way through just because it's like burned into my brain. I've got like that. Um Robin Hood, like the Disney one where he's a fox. Um Osmosis Jones. And there's probably a couple of others that are escaping me at the moment, but I, the Waterboy was one that always like stuck in my brain because when when I was at high school, um, one of the classes, whenever the teacher was off, um, they would just put on the Waterboy for us, and like I'd just be like blasting through, like going along with it, and everybody's like, "How the fuck are you doing that?" And I was like, "You don't understand." Like how many times I've seen, I watched this film three times a week for like ten years. Like, I'm getting this shit down to a fine art. Um, 
But yeah, so in that back room um, where we watched all the videos, um, we would wrestle. Um, so we would sometimes, we would kind of pull the couch out from the wall a bit and we'd kind of prop up the couch cushions and we'd throw the duvet over that and that was our kind of announcer's table. Um, and then we would just proceed to do heinous violence on each other. Um, like the cushions were steel chairs and we absolutely fucking lamped each other with them. Um, like I was like I was the youngest by... Like my cousin Tim was six years older than me. Um, my cousin Scott's three years older than me. So I'm like seriously the underdog. Um, one time I get pedigreed onto the laminate floor. Um, obviously they hadn't been trained so they didn't know the proper way to work that. I'd never took a front bump before. So I was just like, I shall meet this laminate flooring with my forehead. Um, they thought that they'd killed me. I just immediately stood up and started raining punches um, to the gut. Um, but yeah, so the solar beam splash was basically, it was pretty much just like a, a top rope splash, except instead of a top rope, I had the arm of a sofa. Um, and then when I actually kind of got to training the first time I stood up in the top rope, I was like, absolutely fucking not. And so the solar beam splash, she'll never receive a feature in actual in-ring competition. Because so the, 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 the tag team move of you going on Jason's shoulders and jumping off and that, that's, that's off the table. Is that taking off? <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I wouldn't put Jason through that because I have put on a fucking power away over lockdown, so I would not do that to him. Oh, I mean, um, I, I think I put on like a stone and a half and I lost four and then gained six. So it's not been a very good time uh, in the in the Strachan household for, for lockdown. I just can't be barsed. And with my tweet, like is there to hear. Like, That's the way it. to look at it is it's better than... At least you lost the four before you gained the six. Imagine if you hadn't lost the four and then just gained six. True. Just waddling about the place like fucking comic book guy. I know, it's actually... Not that it's bad because everyone's doing great with the if they're if if they're losing weight or are happy with whatever. Uh, but when I see folk put up their weight loss ones going, oh, I was nineteen stone and and I just I was fat and felt unhappy and I'm like, I'm eighteen ten. Piss off! Don't make me feel bad. <laughs> fucking do. <dude, yeah. laughs> am, 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 am I the wrong here? I feel fine. I mean, don't you don't you come at me with your joy. <laughs> But no, I got my, I got my COVID jab uh, at some point this week, two days ago. So I'm, I'm awaiting the after effects of it. But I'm hoping that the, 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 the flabs that I've gained during lockdown will, uh, will <laughs> Just kind of absorb the away. symptoms. I've got, I've got more body to work with. Surely I've got more white blood cells hanging it's about. Flabber, Christ, come on. Double time, boys. Up to it. Um, oh. I, I've, I've still got no idea when I'll get my first one. Um, my friend Callum... Um, I think he's maybe got his second one um, as well now, but yeah, he got his first one, like, he's the same age as me, so like, months and months before he was supposed to, and I said, I was like, how did you manage that? He was like, I don't know, I'll be honest with you, he's like, I have no idea, I can only assume there's been a fuck up at the doctor's office or something, because like, walking in, it was like, I feel like I shouldn't be here, but I'm not going to turn down a vaccine, so fuck it. He's probably just thinking, do I have underlying health concerns my doctor has not told me about? <laughs> I was going to say, he was like, like, he was like are they going to set me down? But like, right, before we give you this, Cal. 
This is a stopgap. You've only got a couple of months, but we thought it'd make them happy for you. (laughs) There you go, Callum. We'll give you this vaccine, but just take it easy. You are three months pregnant. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Now, we're supposed to call you back in 12 weeks. We might not make it that far, but I mean, just enjoy yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's, it's, it's been a interesting i'm the last i'm the last of my immediate family to get one because for some reason i am in perfect health so i, I had to wait until my age uh, bracket came around and because i'm in money we're the worst so yes right. I mean, I've, I've never heard someone sound so irritated that i've been like i mean I, I don't know why but i'm in perfect fucking health like just absolutely fucking like tip-top shape i don't know what the fuck that's all after complaining about, about being fat and getting annoyed that people are getting healthy and I'm sitting here going, I'm in perfect health, why am I, why am I being picked now? But yeah. Why don't I have the sniffle? Because Murray is the wor- it was the worst. I think uh, I think somewhere in Glasgow is now just overtaking us. So thank you guys. Uh, that sounds about right. We, we, uh, we were fast-tracked. I was phoned on the Monday and I was getting stabbed on Tuesday. So, nice. So, I mean, I don't know if that's similar to what happens in Glasgow. I don't think you get the phone call. Anyway, right, let's go to some questions I've got here. We've got loads. Uh, some that you've answered in various uh, forms, written and whatnot, um, through other podcasts and all that kind of stuff. So I'll get to them in a second. But I'll go straight to my DMs, because I've got one from Brent Carter. Here's oh, Grand Paul. And... Uh, Wait, wait, before I get to that, we introduced a segment briefly, which you may have heard, called uh, Wrestle Tag Murray. It did not go well, because I did it once, and then I, I put it out on Facebook, on Twitter, and everyone got the wrong idea, and I just shelved it from that point onwards, because I think everyone thought when I said Wrestle Tag Murray, I was going to go, who do you fucking hate? Tell us. Like, <laughs> but, who are you going to spy? <laughs> who would you wrestle with? Who would you tag with it? Who can fuck off? Right, so uh, he's given us Fuck, Marry, Kill, uh, Boba Fett, Django Fett, and Din Djarin. I'm probably oh. butchered that one, but... I feel like I would... Oh. I would marry Boba Fett purely because I would want them to play his like, theme music for The Mandalorian as he's walking down the aisle, and then I'd be like, perfect. Um... I'd fuck Din Djarin because if you offered me a fuck, marry, kill for Game of Thrones characters, I would have probably said Oberyn Martell if it was male only. So off the back of that, I would, I would have, I would have him do the Spanish accent as well. I didn't just, know who Din Djarin was. I just had to Google him. And oh, yes, yeah, the, the titular Mandalorian. And I, I, I would kill Django Fett just purely because he's. I mean, he, 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 he died anyway. He got he get killed as any man could ever hope to be killed by Samuel L. Jackson. So it's a bit of downgrade him getting offed by me, but his death is a, a necessary loss. Uh, but no, the, the WrestleTag Burry thing was just... It was an amazing idea. I think I think I chose it poorly coming out of the wake of I th- the I movement. Think, I think it would be it would be a good idea Um for like any industry other than the wrestling one. It's oh, no. <laughs> like with that, there's a million people just with fucking axes waiting for a grindstone like karma. <laughs> I know, and when you heard the segment, if you listen to the segment, 
it was supposed to be funny. <laughs> it was like... Instead, it just turned somber. I know, I mean, for years I would have picked like three dudes that had like big in their name. Like, I don't know, Wrestle Tag Buddy, Big Show. I've forgotten everyone that's uh, fat. Big Daddy and... Uh, Big Boss Man. Big Boss Man. There you go. Wrestle Tag Buddy. Big Show, Big Boss Man, Big Daddy. I think I would. Oh, sorry, I got myself really concerned for a minute there, then I remembered it was Wrestle Tag Berry rather than Fuck Mary Kill. Because <laughs> I was like, am I fucking the big show or is that vice versa? Because oh, as they say, Captain Insano shows no mercy. Um, I think I would. I would wrestle the big boss man. Um, just because I always enjoyed his stuff. He was still, he was kind of like kicking about when that kind of like peak year, like 2001, when I was kind of heavily invested in the wrestling. So I'd wrestle the big boss man. Um, I would tag with the big show. Um, just because I feel like it could tell me funny stories about being a big tall man. Um, and I would bury big daddy just purely because, uh, I don't know, he was... It seemed like the kind of guy that would wear like Union Jack boxers, and that's not a style I can jive with. And then maybe enjoy like the wordings of Thatcher and stuff like that, just a bit too. Yeah, no, yeah. like I say, like I've, I, I feel like if I wouldn't be able to kind of like keep him around, like I couldn't. I think I would, as much as I would like to think that I could be friends with everyone, I feel like he would get annoyed that like I've got like weekly reminders on my phone that Thatcher still did. Uh, and then on the flip side of this whole segment, is it insensitive to have the word buddy in there when two of the get the options there are already dead? So No, because the <laughs> like we know what you mean by buddy. No. Like anyway, we know yeah. it's kind of wrestling lingo, it's like it's like you you know the meaning of the word at the time. Like if you yeah, pull it out of context, it's also gonna look shit, but keep it in context. Everything's so, better. If so if someone just just uh, just takes off the wrestle bit and just goes, Who'd you target, Barry? Uh, but uh, right, so back to the uh. questions. We've got loads more, and I think I've just smacked my microphone, so I apologize to anyone that's listened to the audio. Uh rank Bent Carter's also given us given us ah oh, fuck the words are gone. Uh rank the KFC side options from worst to best. Right, I'm going to make a quick little Google what all the KFC side options are. So I, I can... Offhand, I don't, isn't there? There's four. Coleslaw. Beans. Oh, holy shit, apparently there's quite a few. Um, Is there? Right, um, sorry, right, so this, so do, we qualify, do we qualify fries as a side? Um, no, I would go as that thing where they go, oh, would you like to add a corn cob gravy? Alright, cool. Um, right, so we've got here. So we get KFC gravy, beans, coleslaw, corn cob, creamy mash, large garden salad, southern rice. Right, we're just gonna. I think I would just go. What the fuck did they do mash? Uh, I, I, I mean, I know. Please. Like I was. They started doing mash. It was a very confusing time. They started doing mash over the course of a weekend when I was at Download. So I literally was on the way back to download when a KFC and so offering mash and I was like, what kind of fucking parallel universe have we stumbled into? Like we've taken a wrong turn at Albuquerque. But I, I would say if your classic sides are gravy, beans, coleslaw, corn, the cob. Alright, we'll start with the classics then. Um, coleslaw can absolutely go and fuck itself. 
because um, I hate cabbage. Um, then corn on the cob because I, I just I don't like vegetables in general. So the two vegetable options are going to be like knocked off the list. Um, beans coming in second because I do I, I like beans, but I need to be in the mood for beans. But like with KFC gravy, I would happily if they gave me the option of swapping out the fries with my KFC meal for just like a tub of gravy, I would do it every single time because KFC chips are shite and KFC oh, yeah. gravy is spectacular. Did, did you get the, uh, what's it called, the gravy down where I had like the, the onion ring or hash brown thing that had like the little bucket inside you? No, I think it. I saw that and I was just like, that is the very definition of too much of a good thing. That was amazing. Like, I was just, that's just too far. Like looking at it, I was just like, Mm. I know I'm a Scandalorian, but we have our limits. Uh, it bears one of those things where now I've had it, everything else in the menu is, isn't is as like appetising. Like, Just would, inadequate in comparison. Yeah. It's the same when they did the, uh, the double down. It was a double down where it was the bread was chicken. So it was just mm. two bits of chicken and then stuff in the middle. And yeah, uh, that was just, that was a wonderful weekend. <laughs> I remember that. Amazing. I remember the double down. See, I'm a, I'm a man of simple tastes when it comes to KFC. I just enjoy four-piece kernels meal. Just chicken on the bone. I'm happy. Sometimes I'll have like um the crispy strips or whatever. They, cha- they changed the name of the crispy strips about 10 years ago and I still call them crispy strips. Um, but I like, I like just a four-piece kernels meal. Um, just nice and simple. If there's at least one drumstick in there, I'm happy. If there's no drumsticks in it, I'm slightly less happy, but I'm still content. Uh, uh, Big Daddy box meal and uh, give me those two hot spicy wings for 99p. You know, finally the wings, I feel like there's a, it's an off-kilter ratio of batter to chicken on the hot wings. Yeah, so I, I don't want to pay 99p for it, but if I turn around and go, oh, you can get 10 for 3 99 I'm like, no. Just, I want two. Two's plenty. I like like Absolutely. two. I think two's two's enough because I will occasionally take a hankering for them, but I've got like the most severe case of like white boy mouth when it comes to dealing with spice that you've ever seen. Like my mouth can't deal with them, and my stomach deals with it even less. Like in terms of, like curries, like anything above a tikka masala, and I'm at the game. See, it's, it's weird. I I used to be. I used to love my spice. Um, although it did take a few days to finish a vindaloo once I got from a takeaway, but um, that was just more of an experiment. I did it again. <laughs> I'd, I'd learned, but um, I used to be able to go really good with my spice, and then I got my tonsils out as an adult, and then everything now is way too spicy. I've, I'm now uh, down to so. tikka, korma, gel frazy if I'm feeling particularly uh, frisky for the spice, but that's about it. So, so, you, so that was when you discovered that the to- your tonsils had been the, the watchers that guard the realms of men? Must have been. Absolutely must have been. Uh, right, back to the weird questions that we've got, which is Jason Hyde, as we've spoken about him many a time. Uh, do you know how to spell Pischetti without Googling it? Um, yeah, I know how to spell Spaghetti. Um I don't know, is he expecting me to do it like here and now? I don't know. I mean, I mean, that's an open question where it just says, "Do you know how to spell pescetti without googling it?" I mean, I suppose the answer is yes. You don't really need to do anything more, but if you want to to show off, then go for it. See, cause I was, I was, I was gonna like do like a kind of like jokey, like incorrect spelling of it, but then in case like any of the like folk that 
work at Glasgow Uni, watch it, and they're like, right, this gun's like four years deep into an English degree and he still kind of spells spaghetti, get him to fuck. Um, so in, in the realm of seriousness, I'll give it the old S-P-A-G-H-E-T-T-I. I thought the other end of it was I thought right, really confident in how to spell it and then just absolutely <laughs> fuck it up. It's um, like, it's oh. I mean, to be honest, you could have spelled it wrong and I would have had a second going, have I got it wrong? I'm sure it's, that's not how it's spelled. Uh, but no, I, th I think that's correct. I could confirm S-P-A-G-H-E-T-T-I. Uh, doing phonetic or whatever. Uh, I, I finally heard back about the Aldi stuff. Um, proper... Processes of confidentiality. Um, I will not be releasing the information that I have. But we'll, we'll so that's a, we'll I was going to say, we'll, there's a final line drawn upon that. Uh, um, right, you have kind of added extra questions onto this one, but uh, Jason's also asked, what's your favourite flavour of slushy? Mm, see, this is why I wanted the distinction of whether an ice blast qualifies as a slush. I think it because, does. Yeah, well, in that case, then, I don't know if they still do it, but they were doing, I think it was, they claimed it was limited edition, but at the same time, like, Subway claimed chorizo was limited edition that lasted about six years. Um, they were doing a Blood Orange Tango Ice Blast, which was the absolute tits. Either having just, like, a large one, like, just that, or kind of going half and half with that and lemon was just the absolute. So, like, I would say... Oh, that's all right. Um, aye, so I'd say the Blood Orange Tango Ice Blast, if Ice Blasts count, or if it's just specifically slush puppies, then I would have to go cola. Um, I recently, I mean, every time I went to get a, a Tango Ice Blast, there's only two flavours. There's raspberry and bubblegum. That's it. I don't think, I don't, I've never seen anything further than that. So usually you get both together and turn purple. Ooh, colours. Right. See, I don't, I don't mind the raspberry. Um, and I'd say, like, an ice blast is one of the few things, like, I tend to be kind of, like, on the fence with, like, cherry-flavoured stuff, but I do like a, a cherry ice blast. I can deal with a cherry ice blast, but, nah, the blood orange one was just the absolute tits. Uh, and, and not to call out a, a, a chip, chipper van from Banff, but they were selling them for, for £2. I thought, that's great, I'll get myself a wee ice blast. Got it. It was that big. <laughs> yeah, like you fuckers. No, <laughs> because they had they had they had fucking large cups in the back, and I saw them, and then they said two pound ice blast, like, great, and then it arrived. I was like, the fuck's this? It's <laughs> like what in the name of shit. In fact, oh, that actually reminds me when you're talking about that. Um, a contender um, for the blood orange tank ice blast. There's a place in Grangemouth called Candied. Um, they've got like a million different like flavours of like slushies that they do. They've got a Fanta orange one that is up there with a the blood orange. Like anything like Fanta, like, I got a Fanta slush as well in Amsterdam. Um, but whether that was actually as good as I thought it was at the time, I can't be certain because I was in an Amsterdam frame of mind. So everything was a little bit heightened. Um, but yeah, I'd say I just even have a thing for like really good orange flavoured slushies. Just maybe it's the perfect mix of like freezing cold and refreshing. That's just exactly what you're looking for in an icy beverage. I'm the same thing with orange and the same thing with chocolate. 
if, if something's chocolate orange flavoured, then I'm all over it. Doesn't matter what it is. Just if it tastes of, I don't even like oranges. I hate oranges. Can't taste them. Don't like texture. But if you give me something that's flavoured of orange, then I'm all over it. Ah, uh, then you're you're on the winner. Aye, because that's my work. Do a chocolate orange cheesecake, and it's damn fucking good. Glad I'm hungry. I'm so glad that you yeah, yeah delayed this episode so I could eat my tea. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like. Now, now you're mentioning that, I'm just like, oh, what, what chocolate have I got in the fridge that I can go for? Hey, this is why I feel bad that I'm sitting munching on this Sunday. I'm sorry, I've got a Ben & Jerry's Rainbow, fucking, I can't remember what it's called, Rainbow Dash. No, that, that sounds terrific. Uh, Rainbow something drop in the fridge, so, uh, freezer, not the fridge, that'd be super place to put it, in the, in the freezer, so I might have a wee, wee scrap of that uh-huh. afterwards. Uh, Jason, for whatever fucking reason, has asked, what's your favourite Christmas film? Love actually. Touching all the way? No. See, I do. There's certain ones that I enjoy. Like, there's many that I really enjoy. But Love Actually just. It will always be like number one. Like, I really enjoy like Jingle All the Way, um, The Grinch. Um, I'd, I'd never actually. I was very late to the game in watching Home Alone. Like, the first two. Because going back to the conversation of the back room at my grand's. Um, Home Alone 3 was another one of the videos so Home Alone 3 um, watched that about three times a week for those ten years along with the Waterboy um, so like that I think like Home Alone 3 more out of like nostalgia than anything else um, gets a pass with me um, another one that I really enjoy is not Technically a Christmas film, but I kind of lump it in anyway. Is if you've ever seen Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights, which uh, is it's actually about Hanukkah. Um, it's like an animated film, but it's actually really quite good. Um, so like, I quite enjoy, as I say, that's tentatively a Christmas film, but nah, love actually for me because I feel like soundtrack top notch. It, I feel bad watching it now because even though I know that he's dead and I'm sad that he's dead, it makes me really hate Alan Rickman for the duration of the film because I know like what when I start watching it I'm like I know what you're going to do Emma Thompson you fuck and then it happens and then Jodie Mitchell's playing and it's, I've looked at love from both sides now and then she's crying and then I'm crying and then Lynn's looking at me like what the fuck are you crying for it's a film and it's it touches it touches my heartstrings do you need to watch Die Hard afterwards to see Hans Gruber die just to kind of go aye you bastard just like kind of like yes, that's, that's what like, you it, like I can like me and my pals actually like, we felt really bad and thought that we'd actually killed Alan Rickman, um, because like literally the night before the news came out that he died, we sat and watched Dogma, um, <laughs> and then like literally the next day I was like, oh my god, we watched a film where Alan Rickman was an angel and we turned him into one. Oh god. Um, but then it turned out to be whatever illness it was. We're like, right, we're off the hook. If it's any consolation, um, about the night before, me, me and my wife watched Harry Potter and the one he died in, Snape died in. So, I mean, it could have been a collection. So, as I was say, it could have been either <laughs> one of the two. The both of us just a collective energies. Just <laughs> This will never be the title of the episode, but it could be Billy and Benny killed Alan Rickman. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think uh, still will be better. Would would still actually be better than than uh, Sean Martin shoots on schools, which was the, <laughs> the possible title. For Sean Martin. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
see the thing with that is like I, I keep like every time at training I keep saying to him like I keep calling him a school shooter on training because it just looks like one like he's just the creepiest wee fuck that I ever did live but I thoroughly enjoy him I have to say I was it's yourself that, that, that's named his finisher move and comes up with some of the uh, assassin names was it? So, right, uh, I say, it was like the first um, the first time that he, he like started like trying that out um, like he's kind of running basically like a running claymore to the side of somebody's head um, and I'd been watching it's a YouTuber that I watched called Russian Badger um, who does it's kind of like let's play videos but like basically it kind of calls together basically him and his pals playing different games and arsing about and it was one of his videos where they were playing against the guy called like the JFK experience and they were taking the piss out like oh you finna have the JFK experience then when I saw him hit that I was like that's what that should be called so then I say this to him and he was it was like that's brilliant I was like yes it is thank you very much um bye so I've, I've decided now that's my role is to just go about and name everyone's moves so like whenever I'm I've, I've last weekend I had a one-on-one session back at respect so I've got my first training session back I've had my first bump which was fucking torture especially because at the moment there's a drip that's constantly landing like right in the middle of the ring so just like a wet first bump in like nearly a year felt like shit um, but yeah so I've decided I'm just going to be the official like move namer so as people are like cobbling together like their repertoire of moves I'll just be like right you're doing that I can call it that and just have, basically have like a big list I'll just slap up I'll see I'll ask Bobby if I can get like my own personal whiteboard for like move names uh, I mean that, that that harkens back to a recent video that, that surfaced I suppose is the word uh, from Emily Hayden who put up here your uh, time as a ring announcer. Uh, mm. You go back to that, and you can start making up wild uh, moniker names for everyone. Mm. See, that was one thing that upset me is that I feel like my ring announcer career, as much as also like also it had to end so that my career as an actual wrestler could begin. I always wanted just that one more show. Because the one thing that I, I never thought to do until it was too late for me to do it was I wanted to announce Glendon Barr. Um, obviously, I would always announce him as the Lowland Superstar, but Tony Chimelet. So it'd be like the Lowland Superstar, and I never I never get the chance. So one day, many moons from now, if I go back, if I do like a one-off ring announcing show, like I'll see if like whenever... Mikey, um, sorry, Glenn. God, I'm just fucking using shirt names now. Um, like, whenever he, hopefully, many, many years down the line, is having like his kind of like final show, I want to be the, the ring announcer for it so that I can give him the proper Tony Chimmel voice break and send off that he deserves. Well, I apologize in advance because two episodes after this one, it's with Glenn Dunbar. Uh, so I'm going to steal that <laughs> god damn it I will message him right now and be like by the way <laughs> Billy's going to try and pop you he stole it from one <laughs> uh, we, I was, it's out of that I, I, I've never I've ever spoken to Glenn briefly at shows 
Um, so I don't think I've got the power to go. Uh, welcome to the show, Grado's brother, uh, Glenn Dunbar. I don't think I, I could get away with that, but I could probably get away with a little superstar, Trimmeld. Because <laughs> I, I did state him, so if he doesn't, if you do that and he doesn't immediately recognise it as mine, I'm going to be upset. Um, but I know I love Glenn like so much. He's like a, he's just like a da. Like he just comes in and slags fuck at you, and I feel like that's probably not what dads should be doing. But it's a parenting style that I've I've modelled my own after it. Toughen them up. That's that's the problem. I think physically, exactly. I mean, I suppose with Glenn, it, it kind of is physically, but uh, I mean, toughen them up. That's how. You, that's how you. Yeah, do it. like the world's not going to be kind. So why should I be? Exactly. You beat your child at board games as soon as they're able to. That's that they learn. <laughs> just bye. Just scream it in my face. That's fucking Monopoly! Oh, me, me, me and Kyle played that uh, last week and she thought it was an amazing idea. Let's play Monopoly, let's play Monopoly. 20 minutes later, she was sitting there fucking furious because I had, I had the Monopoly. <laughs> I had everything. And I was sitting there going, well, how much have you got? Oh, I mean, I need 300. Have you only got two? Oh, give me that two. That's fine. You get around the... the I, I, am a, I am a cunt for board games. I don't know why she did system playing with me because once I start winning, I am the fucking worst winner. I have Absolute yet dick. to... I have yet to finish a game of Monopoly like ever in my life. I feel like I could, I could probably count on like one hand how many I've actually started, but not once I've ever finished one. Because I always either end up just saying, like, fuck this and walk away, or I just get, like, too drunk to the point where I pass out and there is no conclusion. <laughs> uh, but another one's chess. I, I am quite a good chess player. I let my wife in once and now she won't let me forget it. But I'm, I'm too nice to just go, right, get the fucking board out. I'm going to hammer you in four moves and you're going to be fucking annoyed with me. But, <laughs> just, but uh, sorry, she won't, she won't ever hear. She won't know that I let her win. Because uh, she doesn't listen to this, she doesn't support my dream. <laughs> <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't support my ambitions as a human being. It's fine. It's a so she's, relationship. She doesn't like. She doesn't want to listen to an hour of of, of uh, I mean, she barely likes going to the wrestling. She likes a rumble. That's about it. That's kind of the line that's drawn. Everybody loves. Everybody loves a rumble. I mean, that's all. Like, I've got the benefit with Lynn, but like, obviously, like we met watching WrestleMania at Maggie Mays. So the wrestling connections there. But no, I bet that Rumble uh, and if I tell you Jack Jester's going to be on a show, that's pretty much the two ways I'm going to get her to rest. And she's just like, <laughs> did someone say just that? Je- Jester, is he coming? Yes, well, I'm coming too. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, looks totally different. Absolutely opposite of what I look like. And I don't know what that means. Uh, all right, so Ruby Roberts has asked, what's your favourite funny story from across your training? Um... Oh, it's actually because it's been as long as I've been at training. I'm having to like troll through, like my, especially because I've had my exams this week. Like my brain's just full of, like you. That sounded ominous. Um, like my brain's just full of like, useless shit. Like fucking everything that went on in Ireland and Scotland between the years eight hundred and eleven hundred. Um, not much space for like twenty twenty and before. Um. I think well, there was the time. There was the time that Bobby tried to do a. Mo- it was very. 
like I don't want to say like smug, but he was just being very like confident and talking about how he can bust out a moonsault. So naturally, we invited him to demonstrate to the class. And full of spunk and vinegar, he makes his ascension. Um, gets one foot on the top rope, all going well. Goes to put the other foot on the top rope. He slips, falls backwards, and cunts it onto the crash. Fortunately, onto the crash mat. If it'd been on like that, actual ring would have probably been more concerned. But um, he didn't. He landed on the crash mat. So naturally, that was an invitation for us to just piss whilst I was laughing. Um, there was also the time that he Bobby bumped in the middle of the ring so hard that the resultant bounce. Um, led to the, I'm trying to think, I had a very fancy English student word. Um, basically, um, Ruby herself was insufficiently prepared in the upper underwear department for having a training session, and the bump resulted in certain things making an appearance. I didn't see that. All I heard was the resultant aftermath because I think I'd like bent down to like check my phone and get some water. And by the time I stand back up, everyone's laughing. She's scarlet, zipping up a hoodie, and I'm like, I feel like I've missed something here. And looking at the visual evidence, I could probably cobble together, but someone just tell me anyway. Just one over certain. Um, and then, well, not strictly a within training story. Um, Obviously, Emily explained it to you before, the, the near-death experience that we had. Um, what interested me about that was, because she didn't tell me about it, and of course I've read about it, but when she put, asked Benny about the time, that, that S in brackets made me think, there's more than one story here. <laughs> I feel like she's... I feel like she's... Over-exaggerate. Like, the second time it was, like, a near-death experience. It was just someone came, like, barreling through the roundabout, like, very unexpectedly and very fast at the same time as I was trying to come out. So that was more like a kind of sudden, like, break stop. Like, that's... It's a failed driving test. I wouldn't go so far as to call it a near-death experience. Um, There was also the time, though, where I wasn't driving for this one, so I can't get the blame. Again, not really a near-death experience more a, a, an inconvenience. So we were down um, at full tilt down in Newcastle. Um, so like full car, five is in the car. Um, Bobby's driving, myself and Emily are there, a couple of others. Um, and that was the debut of Unity, um, which was our faction, which is um, now just me, Bobby, and Emily. Because something that I've noticed lately, I seem to, I seem to just be collecting like tag partners. Like I've Brent and the Scandalorians, I've got Jason and the Silence, I've got Bobby and Unity. Um, I'll probably end up with fucking five or six dollars by the time this comes out. Um, so that was like first night of um, Unity. Go down, wrestle. All was very good. Um, and then we're heading back up the road. Which is like about coming up from Newcastle, about three, three and a half hours um, to get back to Bobby's. Five minutes into the journey, we're driving along, and know how, like, sometimes on the road you get like those bits of curb that will just like stick out? Like, inexplicably, there's no reason for them other than to kind of like force you to like remember that you're actually driving. 
So Emily sat behind Bobby, um, directly behind the driver's seat. I'm sat in the middle seat in the back. She sees it first. And so it's just like driving along, she's just like, Bobby. And then I'm like, what's she saying Bobby for? And then I look and then I notice it and the two years are like, Bobby. And then, bam! Fucking hits it at like 30 miles an hour. Everyone else in the car goes, Bobby! So we're like, right, maybe we've got away with it. 30 seconds later, dum, 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 dum. We have not got away with this. So if they pull into a garage, replace the wheel with a spare um, that can go at a maximum of 60 miles an hour, which turns a three-hour journey up the roads into a four-hour journey. So we finally go back to Bobby's at like half three in the fucking morning, by which point I'd fallen asleep. I wake up with like this worst kick in my neck because I've fallen asleep like this on Emily's shoulder. Um, and then eventually we drag ourselves in. So it seems to be if you put me and Emily in the same car, regardless of who's driving, shit's going down. And it gets cray cray in a bad way. Uh, the other thing she brought up was uh, at a medium pace. Now, for disclosure, I only listened to this particular piece of music today. And it escalated. <laughs> very fucking quickly <laughs> oh it does not fuck about um, yeah that was actually on um, during that same trip on the way to Newcastle we had a, a bit of a carpool karaoke session to, at a medium pace so that's kind of become the, the de facto um, car trip song of Unity is that, that the entrance theme on uh, when Bobby does an over eighteen show? I would like to hope. I would like to think so. I don't know if he'll ever greenlight it. We might just have to stick with Rick James, but a boy can dream. Because um, I feel it's it's a romantic masterpiece, is what it is. It's a it's a monument to the power of love, in all its forms. Yes, uh, from, from, from the listen I had of it, that, that's certainly a description of, of what it could be. Uh, but yeah, so anyone wanting to know, it's Adam Sandler at a medium pace. Uh, enjoy. Love a craze and don't let your kids listen to it. <laughs> they should be listening to this episode anyway, you cunts. So, well, no, <laughs> fuck you. Exactly. Uh, again, felt so unnatural saying cunts on my own podcast, but I'm alright with doing it anyone else's. Uh, right, the, so, the best, the, the, be, the easiest way to kind of make it seem more natural is just slow down and do it at medium pace. Well played. Uh, I suppose another thing that I didn't ask about last time is you have many a tattoo, and this is like the yes. most, most uh, generic of questions I could ever ask someone, but what's your favourite tattoo? What was your first one? What hurt the most? Etc. Um, my favourite one's definitely my sleeve, although it's really annoying me that it's still, like, I started it, like, seven years ago and it's still not finished. I've got, like, this bald bit, like, there that still needs to, like, I've got some of the outlining done, but it just needs, like, coloured in. So it's, my plan is at some point I want to have it finished before I get married, which is difficult because all my budget is going into getting married. Um... So I'd like to get that finished, but it's definitely like my favourite one, just because like, um, like any time I go in to get more done, um, 
the guy who does it, Alex, like, would just, like, go in if it's maybe been, like, a few months, or at this point it'll have been, like, several fucking years. We just, like, chat shit about, like, he's got, like, a lot of the same interests as me. Like, he loves, um, loves the wrestling, loves, like, UFC, comic books, films, so we just sit and talk shit, and the next thing you know, two or three years is blown by. Um, so I, this, was, this was also, like, my sourced one, but, like, very specifically, like, that one petal on that lotus floor because it's like right in the inside of the elbow was the worst shit ever and it took so long to heal over and it just gets so scabby and manky and I was just like like on the like right on the shoulder bone felt weird like it wasn't really sore so much but it was just like vibrations going like all down my arms so just like my hands felt like pure janky being like that wee tiny bit inside there was by far the worst my first tattoo Sorry, was my little sex bomb here, which I got shortly after turning 18. Um, and my plan is eventually to get it covered because it was a shit job done. It was 40 quid in Aladdin's in Bells Hill. And if anyone knows what Aladdin's in Bells Hill is, they know it's not the kind of place to go to get a tattoo done. Um, so, yeah, plan is to figure out what I can cover it with because it's just a solid blob of fucking black, aka the hardest colour that you can get covered up. But we'll think of something. Um, and then I've got my Sailor Jerry lady as well. Um, she actually came on a poster with a limited edition bottle of Sailor Jerry that I got for one of my birthdays. And I saw it and I was like, I can get a tattoo of that. And then I did exactly that. Um, so I'm getting super excited because next week I'm getting my, my next one because I'm, I'm planning to like just fill up the bottom half of my arm and then work the top before having to deal with the elbow because that's I'd rather not deal with that for nah, as long as possible. I feel like with, with the elbow you just need to, like I've not got the actual point of my elbow done that I'm not looking forward to but I feel like it's as much as it's going to suck like at the end of the day it's sore for like the couple of hours that you're getting it done and then you've got it from now until you slip this mortal coil. But no, I, I, last time I went in to get uh, my, my wee Avengers thing here. Oh, aye. Um, I pretty much you went. Uh -huh. Yeah, so I'm hoping that I pretty much went, right, if you, if you have an idea how to avoid doing that and get everything else done, I'm all ears. You just tell me. <laughs> it's like for love of Christ, please tell me. Yeah. So, so what, what are you getting? What's the next one? Um, I'm really liking this kind of like paint effect thing, this kind of splash paint thing. So I'm getting a like a scratch Spider-Man face oh, mask like, and then get like the, like the red behind it. Um, and I'm also getting my Hardy Boys logo coloured. So I'm getting it, again, this, this scratch paint kind of thing, lime green on one side and then purple on the other. Oh, the classic colours. Absolutely. Nice uh, to be done. So, so that's it. And then next one after that I'm going to book in is uh, Have a Nice Day Face with the Mankind Mask on it. Nice. I do like that. See, what I think... That's actually... Oh, I might partially steal that idea, but tweak it a little bit for a tattoo. Just need to figure out where to put it. See, like the Watchman smiley face yes. with the blood splash on yep. it with a... That was my first plan, was to have the smiley face, Mankind Mask, and have the Watchman uh, gunshot on, on it as well. But I thought, do I like Watchmen enough to get it? Uh, see, that's not an issue for me. Like, Watchmen is 
Watchmen holds like joint top spot of my like favourite film of all time. It's Watchmen and Gangs of New York are like my two all time favourite films. Followed very closely thereafter by Return of the King, which obviously you wouldn't appreciate because because an arsehole doesn't like Lord of the Rings. Uh, but I watched, uh, don't know if you watched OSW Review, but they did The Hobbit uh, as a, a wee special episode. And I watched The, the Hobbit. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I didn't, I didn't stick with Lord of the Rings because The Hobbit doesn't sound great either. Like The Hobbit kind of, it was all right. But it's one of those ones where like, when you put it up against the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, like nothing's going to hold up against it. And I think the big problem that I had with it was because they made the orcs all CG, like CGI in The Hobbit. So they're just like, it's, it kind of takes you out a wee bit, whereas in Lord of the Rings, because they're the actual like massive like Maori guys and like full like body like makeup and actually look the part, like it's just that much more effective as opposed to like you're looking at like watching The Hobbit, you're just like, eh, just looks a bit too cartoony for my liking. And there's an awful lot of musical numbers by the by the look of it, by the sound of it. Yeah, they've got. I suppose it was kind of always the thing. Like with Lord of the Rings, you wouldn't really get like too much. Because, like you also like the first one, you've got Merry and Pippin singing their wee drinking songs, um, and Aragorn will occasionally just have it with a sad sounding tune because he's a wee emo sad boy like Sean Martin. Um, but I like it's always kind of been the thing with Lord of the Rings films where like at the start of the end credits it would be like a song and they kind of did that with The Hobbit but just sold right the fuck out by having Ed Sheeran do a tune for it. Um, I was very gutted because when I put out this episode for questions I tagged Billy Boyd thinking that maybe he'd see it and go what the fuck's that and maybe ask you a question of some description but not nah, arsehole. I was fucking doing it. I was preferring many anyway. Fuck them. Uh, so I mean, I, I've held you for, for like over an hour now. But uh, what's 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 your well, plans? You're you're back. Oh, have I asked a big question? We already asked the dinosaur one last time, but since you spoke, we've got a new question entered the the ring of. Or is this the sheep's and the cow? It is the sheep's and the cow. So, <clears throat> what would win in a fight? Two sheep or one cow? I think it depends on how intelligently the sheep decide to go about it. If they're on like headlong in, which like they're kind of like genetically predisposed to do, obviously like because like rams are kind of notorious for that shit. Like if they just kind of like run in, think right, we'll just headbutt this this thing into submission. Then like the cows just going to run roughshod. But I feel like if they take like a tactical approach, like they need if they understand. That while the cow has a size advantage, that means that they've got the speed and the cardio advantage. Just keep like badgering away to it, have it like turn this way and that, wear it out, just wear it down. Um, maybe take wee shots at the legs, just work the legs, get the cardio into submission, and then like when it runs out of steam, it's what have you got? You've got four legs and a burger, that's what you've got, and then just do what you're going to do. Totally not on that subject, but I once horrified a friend of mine when somehow we were asking, if you were to kill someone, how would you do it? And I said, the first thing i do is slash the back of their ankles so they couldn't move. And apparently that's... That's some hostile type shit. <laughs> apparently that's that's a sign of a possible serial killer, but I, 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 I didn't see it that way. I thought it was just logical. You just 
start with that and then you get your pick of the bunch after that. It's like cancel the cancel the ability to move. It's it's convenient. It's clean. It's efficient. Exactly. I watched. Uh, I can't remember what I watched afterwards, but um, they were watching it as well. And I went, "See, that's the logical thing to do. That's how you kill someone." And it didn't help my argument. It just made me look like a even more like a fucking psychopath. Uh, <laughs> right. So, so uh, what was the possible title for this episode again? Oh, no, we are still going with, with Billy and Benny's excellent adventure because. Yeah, it was good. I say like the the only other like sequel titles I could think of were the Squeakquel or Simba's Pride. Uh, I still, I know, I know you like you appreciate it. I still like Too Big, Too Benny. Uh, but Too Big, Too Benny is very good. The, the I more like I see it in my head, I think it's not it's not as good. It's definitely not as good as Excellent Adventure. That's just that sums this up. Aye, uh, although like speaking of Too Big, Too Benny, it reminds me. Um, the other night we were watching. We've kind of got this ritual um, where we pick a shark film and watch it. Um, we've run out of the good shark films, so we're now on to you know, like Mega Shark versus like Crocosaurus type fair. So we watched this film called Jurassic Shark, which I've seen a lot of shit films in my time, Billy. Some deliberately so, but this was, it was almost as if it was like trying to go for the kind of like, like so bad that it's good kind of like vibe, but it just shot like clean out the other side of being like so bad it's good, just anything so bad it's shit. Um, so I saw Jurassic Shark and there's a guy in it um, who basically looks like a white Vin Diesel, so I refer to him throughout the film as Vin Petrol. Like they all, they all get names. <laughs> like ev- like every single character. Like they, they probably did have like actual names, but I don't fucking know. So like, um, basically the the story of the film is that this apparently it's a megalodon, but the model that they use for it's about the size of your average great white shark. Um, and it's from out in a lake, not even in the sea, just in a lake, because that's where megalodons apparently dwelled. Um, and it's like a kind of group of like teenagers out for skimpy running about. Um, and then there's a group of like criminals who have stolen a painting, which for some reason they had to go on a boat across this lake um, to take it to where they were taking it. Um, at which point the shark attacks and the painting floats to the bottom of the sea. Um, and Vin Petrol is naturally one of the one of the villains, and it's just. Like it mind numbingly bad. Like at one point, I had to go to the toilet, and it was the most blessed three minutes of peace I've ever had in my life. Um, like as much as I enjoyed, like I, I was proud of myself of Vin Petrol. Um, but there was like two, like classic, like kind of like it's a very if a film full of stereotypes. You get the two kind of like bimboy, kind of like run about in a bikini, kind of like lassies, like making stupid decisions and stuff like that. So des- designated them. Uh, Tweedledum and Tweedledip shit um, which Travi loved Travi found that hysterical um, and Tweedledip shit actually survived the film um, her and Tweedledum died unfortunately um, she got munched by the shark but Tweedledip shit and another one of the teenagers who I decided to call just Hannah Baker um, so that was the two survivors Hannah Baker and Tweedledip shit survived the full film not to spoil it for anyone who would want to watch it after my 
thoroughly good job of selling what a film that is worth watching. But I would say if you ever if you find yourself with a spare like around twenty minutes, um, and you don't feel like you hate the world enough, watch Jurassic Shark. If for nothing else than Vin Petrol and Tweedledip shit, and watching it, you'll probably be able to figure out who Tweedledum and Tweedledip shit are without even prompting. I think I think I have to go into movies with some sort of of expectation now because I watched the four hour cut four hour cut of Justice League, and I've still I, not watched it yet. Oh, it's so fucking boring. <laughs> I say it's so fucking good. It's just like oh, oh. no, it's just I, apparently I I made the mistake of watching it all in one. Oh, sorry, it came out in one. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah, I made the mistake of watching it all in one, and it, it was just. Boring. I mean, I mean, Avengers three hours felt like nothing, but this four hours felt every fucking minute of it. Like I keep saying that I'm going to tackle it, but I just never have the time because, like, normally I don't get in from work until like half ten, eleven. So, like, that's no time to be starting a four-hour film. That's just. Uh-huh. It's, I mean, if you if you like if you like DC films and that sort of thing, I go in, I'm at it, but no, it's just. I, 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 I signed up for now, for now TV for a month for this shit because I forgot to uh, cancel my free trial and so I got stung for fucking four ninety nine to watch that and you had to see it oh, awful awful film uh, so yeah well, what's, your, what's your top shark films then uh, Shark Tale The Meg Jaws um, I do love Shark Tale that has to be said that's a guilty pleasure um just because, like, like Shark Tale, I think, is the pinnacle of, like, the films that Robert De Niro's done purely for the money. Um, but I like, quite enjoy Shark Tale. Jaws, obviously, is a classic. Deep Blue Sea. I love Deep Blue Sea. Like, it's not in any way, shape, or form a good film, but it holds a special place in my heart. Just, like, the perfect use of Samuel L. Jackson as like a side character as in Deep Blue Sea. Have you ever seen Deep Blue Sea? I have not. I know of oh it, my God. but I've never seen it. I, um, I wouldn't spoil it for you, but as I say, if you watch it, if you watch, I would recommend watching it, but as I say, Samuel L. Jackson is just, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson, you can't, you can't say anything better than that to sell the film. And LL Cool J as a chef with a parrot. Okay, that's all you need to know. I'm, I'm sold just on that. Uh, how how do you qualify a shark film? Because I mean, Back to the Future Two have has the uh, the big 3D shark for the Jaws uh, thing. Does that count as a shark film? Because it has a shark. See, in it. I feel like the, the the shark has to be like front and center as like a plot point for it to qualify as a shark film. Because if you're kind of going based off that, like any film that mentions like the word shark, you're just kind of like, oh, that guy's a lone shark. Is that a shark film? Like, is, there's a yeah. photo of a shark over there on the, the billboard. So I say, is, if the shark is front and center, um, and is driving the plot forward, then it qualifies as a shark film. Well, and also, if it has the word shark in the title, it tends to help. Like, you, you're not going into yeah. Sharknado expecting Chandler's List. Uh, my mother, mother Gambit was going to be Mallrats because uh, was it uh, Quint and his girlfriend get married on the Jaws ride at the end? So does that count? Because it's Jaws, and but no, no um, I, I haven't actually seen Mallrats, which Bobby's going to be mad at me because he fucking loves Kevin Smith, and so do I. To be fair, I've just never seen Mallrats. Oh, Mallrats! 
it's yeah, it's one of my, my favourites. I'm not. I don't like everything Kevin Smith's done because Cop Out was one of the worst films I've ever seen. But uh, I've not seen Cop Out because I was kind of forewarned that it was not fantastic. So I kind of gave that a miss. That was an example of Bruce Willis doing any film for the money. Um, oh, I'll give you a perfect example of that. Have you ever seen Sixteen Blocks? <laughs> right. Aye. Si- Sixteen Blocks is the only film that me and my dad went to see in the cinema that both of us looked at each other and went, "Do we just leave?" And we're like, "Nah, fuck it, we'll tough it," and it just did not get any better. I, I, I didn't go to the cinema to see it because, um, like, when when I was younger, because my brother's got autism, sometimes once a month we go, right, well, it's just me and you, we'll do something, um, the two of us, and like we're looking to see what's on the cinema, and Sixteen Blocks is one of the options, and I looked at it and just went. No, it's fine. I'll, I'll, no, it's all right. We'll, we'll do something next month. That's, that's all right. And then I found the film in Poundland for a pound, conveniently enough. And, uh, yeah, and I watched it, and I think I got my money's worth. No more, no less. It was a pound. That, that was. I don't know. I, I still, I still feel shortchanged by at least fifty p for paying that for it. I was a little bit. Um, not offended because I don't have a lisp at all, but Moss Def's uh, lisp in it. Is it Moss Def? Isn't it? Yeah. Um, that's it. Like that film, like I think what didn't help our mood was when we went to cinema to see it. It was half an hour late in starting because there was a fuck up with the reel or something like that. So already we're all like pissed off. And then this film comes on, we're just like, what in the name of shit is that? And that film led me have like a lot like a serious fucking like disdain for Moss Def as a human being and then eventually he clawed it back when I went to see Be Kind Rewind I was like right I forgive him for 16 blocks then I went back and watched Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and I was like right I'm forgiving him further for 16 blocks um, and then like before that I, I, I knew that he was a rapper but I hadn't listened to any of his like actual stuff and then when I actually listened to him like rapping like solo stuff and then he did a song with the Gorillas and the Plastic Beach album which is like one of my top five albums of all time and I was just like right cool Moss Def's fine in my book now he's finally he's undone all the bad will that he generated from the 16 blocks uh, so I mean I'll spoil it for everyone Bruce Willis has to take Moss Def 16 blocks to court but yeah uh, if you couldn't figure that out based on the title on the poster then Fuck yourself. <laughs> because he, he's a whistleblower against the police and he has to and Bruce Willis has to fight the police and he fights the police and everyone is a happy ending at the end. There you go. There's there's the there the I, it's like like Bruce Willis is putting in all this effort to save this man, but at the same time try to play it off as like I don't care if you'll ever die. And then it's just most death just kinda like sad, just like that's cold, man, that's cold. And it's like shut the fuck up. Am I right remembering as well? We get he does all this, right? And then at the end Bruce Willis's character whistleblows against his own. So it was a fucking waste of time in the first place because he could have just done it in the first place and that would have just saved all this issue. I, like, I, th- I think that's... Like, that I find heinous as well. But what I find heinous is that the bad guy in it is, like, David Moss, who's a legitimately fucking, like, heavy good actor. Like, he's brilliant in The Green Mile. But again, it's just that it's a collection of these good people in this shit film and it just brings them all down to its level. Uh, Terminator Salvation. It. That's 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 my answer to that. Oh fucking! 
I hate Terminator Salvation. You, you'll know, because I think every time films and Terminator comes up, Crusher Crabe episode, I think TJ Rage episode, I've just fucking buried Terminator You're Salvation. Just like, Don't get me started on Terminator Salvation. I'm not trying to get you started. Terminator Salvation. <laughs> you, I heard I heard Terminate somewhere. Terminator Salvation. Worst film I saw at the cinema. <laughs> See, I think Terminator Salvation, I get caught up in that kind of period of time where every film had Sam Worthington in it, which I never understood. Like, it was in Avatar, and it's like, couldn't I get anyone else? Like, an actual American to play an American? No. Australian fuck. Which, I'm sure he's a lovely guy, like, in general, and apologies if Sam Worthington happens to stumble upon this episode. It's nothing against you as a human, so I just found your acting somewhat lacklustre in what was, and I think it's back again now, as, like, the highest grossing film of all time. Because they re-released it just to say fuck you, the Avengers. Bastards. <laughs> I've never seen Avatar. I don't know anyone that's seen Avatar, to be perfectly honest with you. I went to see it in the cinema, and I will say it it was it's best it was best seen in the cinema because it was very much a spectacle. It was like the perfect use of like 3D of like 3D cinema without it being like hokey, like we're like, oh shit's coming towards you. Like it was rather than it being like the classic style of like stuff like fly out in the screen like Spy Kids 3D style it just kind of immersed you in it, it was like quite subtle in how it did it but it just like you kind of felt like you were in Pandora but like I it did not hold up well I think Avatar was like the primary reason for why they tried 3D tellies because I think they realised that this film is not going to hold up without 3D um, I keep forgetting that Earth Telly is 3D because we never use the 3D on it. Um, but yeah, we uh, we own a 3D. I say we, it's Lynn's. I've just basically fucking clung onto this house like a limpet. Um, but yeah, 3D telly. Never used the 3D on it. Not a single time. I think I've, I've seen a 3D TV once and used it to watch Jurassic World. And it was, it was cool. But I don't think, I mean, unfortunately... It, it, was, a, it was a gimmick. It was very much a gimmick that was never going to stand the test of time, but enough people spent stupid amounts of money on it. And I don't know about you, but as a glasses wearer, I find it uh, stupid to wear glasses over my glasses. See, I do all right because like, my prescription for my glasses isn't that like strong is mostly just for like comfort more than anything else because if I go too long with it where I'm starting like a headache like stuff's like I can I, like, I can still kind of read stuff but it's just like blurry enough that it just starts like hurting my brain um so I can like I can have my glasses off and I can just sit and like for the duration I film that's fine um sometimes if I'm just feeling like being a dick I'll just put them on over the top of them and let's just go about my day but I can't even mind the last time I went to see anything that was 3D in the cinema. Can't mean the last time I was in a fucking cinema. Full stop. I think for me, it's if it's not a superhero film, then I don't see the fucking going. Uh, but we went to see uh, the second Fantastic Beasts film in 4D. Oh, I was excited. I've not seen it. 4DX is a weird one. I went to see Suicide Squad and, um, and sat in one of the 4DX chairs. Um, don't know what to expect though. When people are getting shot and you feel like you're getting shot as well, I'm just like Jesus Christ, I'm killing it. And then you're like, you're kind of like, oh fuck, like fuck for that. Well, like I mean, 
at the, at the start of, of uh, Fantastic Beasts 2, uh, Johnny Depp is escaping on a fucking flying carriage in the rain. So, for, I'm not sure you're getting splashed. I've never done 4D, 4DX before, and I was just sitting there just going. <laughs> and then fucking water in my face, and then going, what's happening? It feels like a weekend at Hogan's house. <laughs> and, then, and then we spent spent the day going to like Pizza Hut and fucking drinking. And then every time we did this, blood, I just went, hello, hello there. You need to pee now. <laughs> so <laughs> I missed about 10 minutes cumulative of the movie because every time it fucking jumped about, I'd go, oh, I need to pee now. I need to, I need to go. Uh, <laughs> your, your bladder's just like, I bet you've never fizzed up piss before. <laughs> <laughs> it was just... Just off that's one for the, the visual listeners. Yeah, visual listeners, visual <laughs> washers. <laughs> if you experience synesthesia. Um sorry, I thought that's probably the bit I'll eventually clip for a best of me me doing 4DX. Uh, <laughs> actually a bit dizzy now, so just take a take <laughs> gotta be a pee. <laughs> no, we what? Yeah, do you actually? I'm to myself. Uh, that seems like a good way to to, to end the show. Uh, me me uh, braining myself on a chair and then going. Just shiggling myself and a pissy blow. And with that, uh, so I think I asked all the really wrestling questions in the last episode, so fuck it, we'll just end it on uh, me, me fizzing myself into a pissy mountain. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Um, on social media, um, you can find me on Facebook as Big Benny, um, on Twitter at Big Benny DQI, um, on Instagram as Big Benny dot DQI. Um, although Instagram, I'll be honest with you, is a waste of time. I post like very occasional pictures of my daughter, and that's about it. Um, do I have any other social media? Very I think that's it. That's the three kind of like base ones. TikTok. Like a, like a fucking merch. Not one of these. That, that's that's something that I noticed over lockdown. Like a lot of people bringing out merch, and it's like, mm, have you had a match though? Um, but I like. I feel like I don't feel like I'm far enough in, and my name's not enough out there for me to justify getting merch. I feel like I'd just be getting merch for to like get myself new t-shirts for me to wear. Um, so. Merch potentially at some point, like I'll probably do, like me and Jason will probably end up doing merch, um, possibly with Unity as well, and then at some point I'll get around to designing some kind of t-shirt with my name on it. Um, but I know that's, I say, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that's um, a lot for social media. Um, I've actually got, oh, I've actually get, I'm booked for a show in August um, down in Fleetwood. Um, for CWE Championship Wrestling Entertainment. I love the name of that promotion mainly because I read it and just went, "Yep, that's all the options." Uh... Um, like <laughs> when when Bobby, because it was like Bobby that basically like sort like got me like booked on the show. Um, and I was like, "All right, cool. What's what's the name?" It was like CWE. Was like, oh, what does CWE stand for? It was like Championship Wrestling Entertainment. And I was just like, and this is not in any way like a disparaging comment or anything like that. It's just my brain just kind of went, so like, 
like buzzword wrestling federation like it's just it's all the perfect like buzzwords like you know yeah. you're getting like championship bam wrestling bam entertainment fuck you like bam it's literally it's like it's like a combination of like all the perfect names just smash which i like because like i enjoy like i like like sub I like promotions that go like a bit like funky, like a bit out there with the names. Um, but sometimes you need to kind of revert back to the classics, and it doesn't get much more classic than Championship Wrestling Entertainment. I know. I was I was going to say they could have called it Championship Wrestling Federation, but uh, there was a CWF that didn't fucking go down well over the summer, did it? Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, probably want to avoid that. For oh, uh, that's none of my business. <laughs> Oh, my, was, oh, I'd forgot all about that. I liked it. Yeah, that's funny. That that and this is probably this was going to be the first episode I never mentioned five star wrestling, but it was it's like it's one of those one of those stories and tales that you, you hear about and it's like how how but yeah CWF it, you know it was shady because I didn't cover them and I'll fucking cover <laughs> anything. So, so well not within reason now I've bumped a shit ton after last year, but um. Yeah, I was like, I'm not, I, that looks too weird to me. I'm not going to cover that. And then it turns out they were a bunch of shithawks. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, right. it, was, it was a very strange one. It was literally over the course of two days. It was like a whirlwind. It was like, like they'd come together, set up a face, a Twitter. Um, like two people announced that they're going to be on their debut show. And then those two people announced that they will no longer be a part of the show. And then it just fucks off. I'm just watching the whole thing, just kind of like, okay. I'll just leave that that uh, booking request on red. That's that's uh, and red, I should say, along with uh, the requests of of uh, officiating my wedding. Uh, right, so yeah, I think that's that. We've played social media. So this has been a, a the I think the least wrestling edition of a podcast I've done so far for Billy and Benny's think, Excellent Adventure. But. I think you said that about the, the first episode that we did as well. <laughs> we Quite just possibly. don't talk about wrestling very much. Well, I've we, got we, too we, many other interests that aren't wrestling, such as KFC and shit films about sharks. I mean, we, we did... I listened to it on... Well, I tried to listen to it at 1.5 speed because that's how I try and do my recaps, but I couldn't understand A, what you said, and B, what I said. So I had to go. I had to go back to one speed because we have, we have to go back. <laughs> had to go back to the normal. I'd listen to the whole hour and not not uh, forty five minutes because I, it would just be like this. I couldn't understand things I said, and then you still and then I was like, like going, I have no idea why I asked. Let's just, <laughs> just like fucking what? <laughs> that was the early days. That was the first sixty episodes. This is sixty nine. This is when everything goes right. <laughs> um, oh, I'm still so happy that I'm episode 69 but uh, on the next episode is supposed to be the one year celebration special and it's uh, the Wrestle Ropes reunion and I've already been pre-warned that that might be the episode that kills this podcast so if this one doesn't do it episode 70 will uh, I mean but- I will listen to that episode 70 and I will gauge on a podcast killing level how it how it does and if I feel it's not doing sufficiently I will be in contact regarding episode 3 <laughs> Patreon will get the full unedited version public release might not 
because I've already been <laughs> pre-warned what will be brought up, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can put that out publicly. Oh, to spicy <laughs> details. I do love a bit of spice it has to be. Uh, and then I've got a fucking nine-person quiz to organise for the end of the month, end of June, which I'm... Um, I was going to invite you um, on, but I thought I've already got you for this episode. I didn't want to go. See, we've got an episode coming up. Can I get you in a, a month's time to get on my birthday episode as well? But I thought, well, let's... let's, let's is, that a, is that a specifically wrestling quiz? Or was it just a general quiz? I don't know. I've made nine questions, and five of which kind of is wrestling related, but not, but is, if you know what I mean. It's like adjacent, wrestling adjacent. Right, I'll always spoil it for anyone. So for, well, actually, for anyone who wants to get a leg up and listen to this. One of the questions is, who plays Bonesaw McGraw in the 2002 Spider-Man film? You know, that kind of... I was, was going to say, like, like, kind of wrestling-related, but not, like, directly, like... Yeah. In your face. Um, oh, Bonesaw McGraw. Oh, fuck. Oh, I need to watch, like, original Spider-Man again. Oh, Got you for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime. I plan to watch them all before uh, December. For four Spider-Man, uh, No Way Home, and then be so upset, disappointed when eventually Tobey Maguire and Andy Garfield don't turn up in it. Yeah, like what is this? And I'll be like, I just I remember, watched Spider-Man three for this. I can remember like the second Andrew Garfield Spider-Man film. I got like, like I went to the cinema to see it, and I got like, like I surprised myself at like how sad I got when spoilers for anyone, like when Gwen Stacy died. And I was like, I was just sat there getting like a bit choked up and I was like, right, Benny, I know you've got a bit of a kind of celebrity crush on Emma Stone, but this is taking the fucking piss. <laughs> She's a fictional character from a film based on a comic book. Stop this. And I was just like, she was off his life. I've, I've, I mean, I've, I've, I haven't seen, haven't seen Mary Jane Watson so far in this series, so I can only assume that's him alone forever. And I just I was like, he's getting empty left apart from his auntie, who's somehow progressively getting younger as time goes on. Sally Field was her, was his auntie in that one. You know what? Uh, Sal- Sally Field for that one, and then he, I mean, Marissa told me, Marissa told me. Yeah. yeah. The Wrestler was a fantastic film for many reasons. Oh, it was two of them. That's the thing, I've, I've seen snippets, I've seen, I feel like I've seen, like, the last, like, half an hour of The Wrestler, but I've not seen, like, the main bulk of it, which I feel like I should do, being a wrestler, it's kind of closing the title. It's um, pretty good, but, but Risen to me plays his stripper friend, so I'll leave that to your imagination from that point onwards. So, but, uh, nice. yeah, uh, I went to the cinema, see that, good day. It was a very good day. Uh, right, okay. <laughs> it was very good. <laughs> <laughs> Three glasses. <laughs> oh, today I have no complaints. Four <laughs> 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 Imagine coming towards you, the, the old stripping one. Whoa! This <laughs> is how you feel. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're gonna my glasses. <laughs> so everything steamed up. What's happened? Just I can't see without my glasses. 
I think that's a good way to end it. I mean, it's it's much like Lord <laughs> of the Rings. There's been uh, many endings, but this is the one we're going to go with. Uh, <laughs> what better way to end than Marissa Tomei's tears? That's it. That's the last comment. Right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Toodle.